everyone, Siobhan Chapman here, and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the Week in Review and Preview Conversation, where my guests will recap how markets have performed over the past few sessions and preview what you can expect in the week ahead. Today's conversation primarily focuses on the latest inflation data and the digital asset industry. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome back Mike Gord, Asset Allocation Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Mike, welcome. We're happy to have you. Hey, Siobhan. Happy Friday. Thanks for having me. Happy Friday, Mike. So let's get started. Following last week's mixed U.S. labor report, all eyes this week were on the latest inflation prints as investors seek to gauge how the Fed will act from here. What did the December inflation data reveal? Yeah, so um, December inflation data. uh, For CPI, uh, both headline and core uh, readings came in at uh, a 0.3% increase uh, in the month-over-month figure. Um, that was roughly in line with expectations. Market reaction was pretty limited there. Um, but, you know, kind of taking a step back and looking a little bit bigger picture on the year-over-year, uh, you know, levels, uh, this, you know, the core CPI inflation, you know, it continued to slow. Uh, it was 4% last month for December, excuse me, for November, uh, slowing to 3.9% year-over-year for December. Um, you know, obviously great progress and the lowest level that we've seen since May of 2021. Uh, but, you know, of course, that's still uh, a bit too far from the Fed's target for them to begin to relent on uh, on their tight financial condition posture. Um, but breaking down the uh, the print kind of between the goods and services components, uh, goods inflation is, is virtually flat, um, while services is really driving the overall prints. Um, you know, going further into the details there, the biggest con- contributor on the services side came from shelter. Uh, shelter inflation rose 6.2%, and it accounted for about 70% of the overall core inflation reading for the month. Uh, so still seeing some some sticky signs in the housing data. Um, you know, we think based on, you know, initial indications uh, from new rental agreements, uh, which will kind of feed and filter through into these uh, CPI readings over the coming months, uh, those readings are a bit softer, and it suggests that that shelter inflation component will slow a bit in the coming months. Um, you know, that's that relative to the last few months of kind of this stronger disinflationary uh, action that we've seen. Uh, the trend over the next few months is going to be a little bit less favorable, um, just due to some, just due to some uh, more challenging uh, comps from from last year. Uh, and then finally, worth mentioning, uh, just about a, a half hour ago, we got the producer price inflation uh, reading for December. Uh, that came in a bit below expectations, and, and that is actually sitting at much closer levels to what the Fed wants to see on the uh, on the CPI and the PCE side, with those monthly and yearly measures sitting at 0.2% and 2.5%, uh, respectively. So that that's what uh, the latest prints look like, Siobhan. How does CIO see the Fed acting from here, and when might inflation fall below the Fed's targets? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and, you know, we're, we're finally starting to see on kind of those year-over-year, um, especially on the, on the PCE side, some of those metrics coming in closer to where the Fed wants to see them. Again, as I mentioned, still a bit too high. Um, but in terms of how that is going to, you know, kind of affect our thinking on the path of interest rates, um, so our view in CIO is that we will see the uh, – first cut in uh, the May meeting, uh, and we have about 100 basis points of cuts expected through the end of the year. Uh, I, I do want to caveat, though, that that 
you know, that outlook that we have is, you know, highly subject to change uh, on both the timing of the cuts and the magnitude uh, based on incoming data over the next few months. The data is really going to drive uh, the Fed's decision and, and, of course, what our view is there. Um, so our view there is, is a bit more hawkish than the latest market pricing. Markets have about uh, a 50 to 60 percent chance of the first cut coming in March. Um, so uh, one meeting earlier than we have, and they are also pricing in uh, two additional cuts for a total of 150 basis points of cuts. Uh, so two more cuts than we have in our forecast for the full year 2024. Um, so really the reason for our position, you know, differing versus the market uh, is that we think that uh, labor inflation specifically is going to be too sticky to allow all of the cuts that the uh, market is pricing in. Uh, so just looking at the Atlanta Fed wage growth tracker from earlier this week, uh, it's still steady at 5.2% year over year. Uh, and that, you know, on a labor component, 5.2% annualized inflation there, that's not compatible with the Fed's 2% target. Um, so we think that we still need to see additional softening in the labor market. Um, and additionally, you know, economic growth at the highest level is still running too hot for the Fed to, to really get that comfortable. So, um, you know, again, all of this is subject to, to kind of inbound data. And, and if we do see some softening, the Fed could go earlier and they could go in greater magnitude, um, but remains to be seen, Shadon. So, Mike, on Wednesday, the SEC approved the first spot Bitcoin ETF. What is CIO's view on the broader digital asset industry and what should clients interested in the space be mindful of? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so uh, the SEC actually approved 11 different uh, spot Bitcoin ETFs. Um, there's been a lot of media attention around this uh, this week and, and in weeks past. So, uh, yeah, definitely want to take a moment to remind our listeners of the CIO view of the overall digital asset space. Um, and that view is that we remain uh, unconvinced of the structural case for the industry overall. And more specifically, we recommend investors that are considering or, or looking at exposure to, you know, various cryptos. Uh, instead, focus on the disruptions that the underlying technology will facilitate. Um, so thinking more along the lines of kind of leading firms that are able to leverage the technology to either, uh, you know, drive incremental growth, uh, gain market share or, or cut costs. Uh, you know, all of those things are occurring uh, to different degrees across different firms, across different industries. So uh, we, we would focus on those that are going to uh, benefit the most from the actual technological disruption underpinning uh, the the um, the digital asset space. Um, but you know, I do want to mention you know what potential investors should be mindful of. Um, to me, the the n- number one, two, and three most important points uh, is the volatility of the asset class. Um, you know, looking at Bitcoin specifically. Uh, most folks have heard that this is a highly volatile asset class, uh, you know, more so than equities are. Um, but I really don't think that that simple comparison really is able to grasp the magnitude of the difference in volatility. Um, so, you know, a couple of quick statistics that can kind of help uh, conceptualize this. An investor that has a 60-40 stock bond portfolio, if they shift uh, you know, 10% of their bonds into Bitcoin, so a, a 60-30-10 portfolio, uh, their portfolio volatility would increase almost 50% just with that 10% move. And since 2014, 
so 10 years, there have been three drawdowns where the price has fallen more than 70%. So to put that into context, you know, if you were to compare it to equity volatility, thinking the S&P 500, you know, S&P is around 47-ish, 100 today, that would be the equivalent of the S&P falling below 1,500 and happening three times in the last 10 years. Like uh, the magnitude of the drawdowns and the volatility uh, and the potential for uh, permanent wealth destruction is is something that anybody following the space has to be very, very, very mindful of. Um, so that that's what I would kind of leave uh, for those who are thinking of, of getting involved in the space. Realm. Thank you so much for providing your insights, Mike. So I want to turn to next week. What is taking place that investors should be mindful of? Yeah, so uh, looking at kind of the next week's data calendar, uh, first thing we're watching is going to be retail sales figures for December. Uh, give us a, a kind of higher level read on how the holiday shopping season um, has kind of closed out. Uh, we get the Fed's beige book on Wednesday, giving us a little bit more detail uh, in the various you know economic activity levels in, in different regions and industries across the country. Uh, Friday, we close out the week uh, with the excuse me, initial responses to uh, University of Michigan surveys. So looking for signs that sentiment is continuing to hold up and confirmation, uh, again, that the longer-term inflation expectations remain uh, well anchored. Uh, Beyond the economic data, we are getting into uh, earnings season. I know that uh, J.P. Morgan will be kicking things off today. Um, so, you know, always going to be focused on, on, you know, what, uh, what the executives are saying. So that's, that's it for me this week. Looking forward to the three-day weekend. Hope you are too, Shabon. Perfect, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us, and have a great weekend. Again, today we have been joined by Mike Gord, Asset Allocation Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is a part of the UBS Market Moose podcast channel which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman, and thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer. 